The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I am Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I am joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? Good to have you back. It is so good to be back. It it feels like it's been an eternity since I've uh, been here in the chair in the studio. Um, Nice to uh, be with you folks again out in the audience I was uh, out, yes, like you, you think you, you brought it up, yeah, I was out uh, on a trip out west. Having the birthday of a lifetime. Yes, yes, I, I turned 30 and I felt I needed to do something special, um, you know, just sort of it, it being a big deal and also just, you know, hey man, stuff that's happened in life that makes you just want to like appreciate life, so. Well, tell the people where you went, because I saw some of the pictures, they were breathtaking. Well, uh went out first to Los Angeles for a day, my... uh my home away from home, place I'd want to be home, really. I, I'm, I'm trying to move out to California. You've made no secret of that. No, yes. And I'm trying to get you to be like, hey, let's do it, too. I don't understand why. You want me to move my entire legal practice as well to California? Yes. Yes. You might see how that might be logistically difficult. Actually, in your case, it's not. But we won't get into that for the audience. Um <laughs> And also, you know, Evan is out there, and by the way, I think he did a, a marvelous uh, job here. Well, that's mighty magnanimous of you, too, because yes. while you were gone, we had a couple co-hosts come yeah. by just to, you know, because I needed somebody in this chair to talk to. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple yeah. of my old podcasting buddies, uh, yeah, Evan yeah. and JC. Yeah, some uh, your 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 ex-podcasting friends. It's it, No, it's always nice that you, you know, had a, a sit-down with uh, with an ex, you know, without telling me. You know that that that's that's always good. That, wait, wait, because uh, at first you seemed happy about this. I'm, I'm feeling a change of tone here. You know, I want to be happy for you, Ryan. I want to trust you. I think that this relationship is built on trust. But uh, when you don't tell me these things, you know, it just it makes me wondering. You know, you, are 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 you a podcast hussy, Ryan? Is that what this is? <laughs> and you're just looking for podcast fulfillment in whoever podcast arm. I have can. needs, David. You weren't there. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I knew it. Oh. JC and Evan, how could you? Oh, and by the way, Evan. Okay. Oh, so now, now you're going to start picking apart these fill-in co-hosts one by one. Well, I was a bit offended. He was like, who's Fred McMurray? Are you kidding me, Evan? You don't know Fred McMurray? I barely know who Fred McMurray is. It, it, he's got to watch out, too, because he's actually out there in L.A., and I hear legends have it. <laughs> when the moon is full... And also in broad daylight. <laughs> Sometimes the ghost of Fred McMurray can be seen walking on La Brea and Melrose, you know? And if Evan's not careful, he could walk into the ghost of Fred McMurray and be like, who are you? And be sucked into an eternal damnation of well, which there, there is no return. But at least you get to watch Flubber movies. <laughs> so Evan's going to run into the ghost of Fred McMurray and he'll say, who are you? And that's just going to make him even angrier. Oh, yeah. It's my Fred McMurray impression. Yes. And as I a think, ghost. And I think Gregory Peck will be a sidekick for some reason. <laughs> I'm just throwing out another name in there just because I want to be an, an asshole to you. Um, See, I thought for sure if you were going to like introduce a Gregory Peck into your hypothetical that I thought for sure I was going to get a Gregory Pre- Peck impression out of this. Oh, like the, hey, Fred, what are we doing? <laughs> Let's stop uh, tormenting this guy. Go get a hot dog. It's good, Gregory Peck. <laughs> go, go, yeah. go, go! Look him up, yeah. listeners. No, but uh, anyway, yeah. Atticus did, Finch to kill Mock. Did L.A. actually saw Chris Hardwick do some stand-up with uh, Ron Funches and April Richardson? That's great. That's a good if cast, you, right there. I, I have a feeling our listeners probably maybe watch at midnight. Hopefully, I imagine there's a lot of overlap. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, that was pretty, pretty freaking cool. Uh, then drove the like five hours to Yosemite Valley. I think you need you, everyone should see this. This place is so beautiful; you have to see it in person. The, the words and pictures do not describe the actual, the absolute bigness and majesty of this place. Yeah, but it definitely was absolutely great. What I needed. Then drove like thirteen hours to Salt Lake City to see one of my best friends. Shout out to Cali in Salt Lake City. Um, had a great weekend over there. Then had to then had to come back to reality to this, to this miserable to this place. Podcasting look at, existence. Look at your face. Your tired. 
I'm uh, so tired, actually. You're, you're tired, which brings me to the next uh, okay. topic we have on the board. All right, go ahead, go well, ahead. Well, this, this is funny. This is actually take two, which is, I love about this. This is take two. Yes. Can I explain myself? Because yeah, you, you, you seem very contemptuous of me. This is actually the second go at recording it. I had to stop the first recording about 35 seconds in because I was just so tired. Mm-hmm. You know, we record this on the weekend, which means that I, you know, do a whole week of work and you know, you're still in vacation mode. So like, you know, you're, you're, you're probably waking up late, you know, you're feeling good. Like I, I, I was grinding this past week. It was a tough, tough week. And when I started the recording, the words just came out of my mouth and I was exhausted. I had to go grab a cup of coffee to give myself the energy to do this podcast this week. And apparently now you're mad at me because I had the audacity to be tired. Well, it's a lack of podcast professionalism, which frankly, <laughs> you know, when, when, when the rules of podcasting were first set forth by podcasterus, <laughs> when he defeated <laughs> the evil Lord Sorcerer Amphum, spelled A-M-F-M, <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the rules as set forth was, you know, once you hit record, you don't stop. I have something for you. You do? Yes, and hopefully this will make you less mad at me because you've come in just so upset because uh, um, I've, been, I've been called a p- unprofessional as well as a podcast hussy in the first five minutes of this show, and I want to sort of placate you, make you a little happier. You seem like you're on edge, so I have you, got your birthday present. Sweet. This is real. Actually, I have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I figured I'd give you your birthday present on the air. Um, you've been out of town, so I haven't been able to give it to you on your actual birthday, right. but we have it for you now, so just give me a sec. Sure. Okay, there you go. I did a terrible job wrapping it. Yes. By which I mean I just threw it in a bag. Threw it in a bag, in a, in a nice tote bag. Yeah, a little tote. And oh, what did we get? I need that tote bag back, by the way. What do we? <laughs> oh, sweet dude. Oh, did I do well? Yeah, we got uh, two uh, Star Wars Funko Pops from um, the new Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, opening uh, December eighteenth, which I'm going to go see the first night of. Really? Did you already get your advance tickets? I didn't get the tickets just because I'm not sure what time yet. Ah, fair enough. So, but this is sweet. We got uh, BB-8, the droid, and also Kylo Ren. If you want to reach out to the podcast, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Reach out to us, uh, send us show questions, show topics, whatever you want, to breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan, K-A-I-R. We can follow Dave at D-K-A-Y-E-1027. Did I get that right? Yeah, but I don't think it really matters. <laughs> you know, I did get a follow I think from the show though Is that right? Do you actually want to tell you who it was? Well I mean Is it going to give away Like a personal Private person on air? Or? Mm, I don't think so Was it a guest of ours? No but it's someone Close to the show <laughs> It was your mother Oh there you go <laughs> Hey a follower is a follower man You take what you yeah. can get I'm not even sure If my mom is following me So Well thank you very much And thank you again For the uh, lovely Star Wars Funko Pop gifts. Yeah maybe you can Tweet those out later That's true That's true Because you know You're always saying Like you never have Stuff to tweet I think that's a good Thing to tweet Anyway uh, Coming up in the next Segment uh, We got I'm pretty excited For these guests This is uh, Charlotte North Carolina Based uh, Indie Synth pop Group I guess is the Best way to put it Because they sort of Bend genres The droids are going to be joining us. I feel like as a Star Wars guy, even when I just say the name The Droids, you're already intrigued. The Droids, and I've got a droid right here. There you go. Wow. Um, the uh, the mass the the crossover marketing potential is amazing. That's right. Um, I'm I'm interested in talking to them. They're a husband wife team. Oh, cool. We've never had two guests on at the same time. That's going to be pretty interesting, and it's going to be cool. I think to. <laughs> Your casserole was terrible, and frankly, I found your uh, downbeat on the the fifth bar <laughs> rather uh, shallow. <laughs> it's probably a lot of that. Like, all yeah. the lovers' quarrels involve, like, creating music in some way. Yeah. But it's interesting to see how—it's going to be interesting to see how they balance, like, being married and having a kid, by the way, with also trying to build their music career and how they sort of divide the musical labor between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be cool. I, I It's got to be interesting to— achieve your music career dreams alongside your spouse. And so that's going to be a unique perspective. I bet we have a lot of husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, music teams out there. And I think they're going to be interested in hearing about what the droids have to say about that experience. Before we get to the droids though, let's cover a story from the New York times, digital music news, which I think is a pretty interesting one because it's actually a label artist speaking out against record labels. Um, 
Adam Levine, uh, about a week and a half ago, was on mm-hmm. the Howard Stern Show. Adam Levine, lead singer of Maroon, Maroon 5, five. Um, also a judge on the NBC singing show The Voice. The Voice. That's the one where they do the blind auditions and then the chairs spin around and apparently Blake Shelton is with Gwen Stefani now, something like that. <laughs> That's apparently a can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, he was while he was on Howard Stern, he was speaking out against how upset he was with what happens to the winners of this show after they win the show. Because after you win the show, you get a record deal. And what he was speaking out of is like, look, we have this show and we have this great platform and these singers get all this great exposure on this show and they win and then they go to the record label and then we never hear from them again. These labels just do such a terrible job promoting these artists mm-hmm. that they never get heard from again. And they they have uh, Levine had some interesting words here. I'm gonna I'm gonna read directly from the article here. Um, the rollout of all of it is just such a mess, Levine said. And by the way, just to clarify, this has nothing to do with what happens on NBC or with the people. In that time, we do so much great bleep for these singers, and they go on to a record label that I won't mention. But then they go on to that record label that bleeps it up. Uh, record labels are, our business is the worst right now, Levine added. No one knows what they are doing. Um, and so then Stern says to him, um, I'm wondering if the labels, um, are trying to rush the, you know, artists into the studio with producers that don't really fit them because they're trying to capitalize on the fame without actually like taking time to develop the artist. Right. And, um, Levine said something interesting. He said, most of them don't even do that. You'd be shocked to see it. The show ends and they're like, okay, they don't matter to me anymore. This is how they feel on the other end, Levine said. I don't understand why they don't care. It's what drives me absolutely bonkers and it makes me feel defeated on my end because there's not really much I could do. For starters, Levine says, it's imperative to rush the debut single and album since it's way too easy for a new singer to lose momentum as people stop paying attention. In that moment, you're never going to be bigger and this whole meteoric rise to the top of this thing, you're peaking right there. And so what he's saying there, which I think is a fair criticism of these record labels after they win these TV shows, and you see this all the time with American Idol Well, I was just going to say, voice. this is kind of like, we already knew this, though. Going back when American Idol started, like, how many years ago was that now? Uh, it's been about 15 years. Yeah, I mean, wasn't this already something that pretty much was in the zeitgeist, I guess? You know, people knew, like, these, even after Kelly Clarkson won... And the first few ones, like, oh, wait a minute. They, they're being treated like crap right now, and it's not good. It's basically the money grab from the show. But then afterwards, they're, yeah, they're treated like crap. Right. So, I mean, is he, did he just not, was he not aware of this? Was he, like, in a bubble or something? I don't know. I almost, I, I almost kind of feel like, we're discussing this for the first time. It's this, I don't know. I, I don't know. Adam Levine just seems like, this is like a convenient thing. But well, I think everyone kind of knew this. Already. I think what he's speaking out about is the fact that, you know, they've been doing this for 15 bleeping years now between American Idol and X Factor and The Voice and all these other friggin' shows. They've had 15 years to figure out how to make these artists big after they get out of the show. And for every Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood, there's a whole lot more Taylor Hicks and Justin Guarini and all these people who don't really get anything from being on this show. And a lot of it's because, as Levine is putting it, these labels don't really know what they're doing, and they take too long um, in, the, in the sense that, you know, and this, and this is true. Like, you watch American Idol, somebody wins the show, and then you don't hear from them for six months mm-hmm. because they're, you know, they're working on the album and they're doing the promotion. Then by the time their album comes out, you're like, oh, right, that guy. I kind of sort of remember him. They're probably under another season of the show, and now right. there's more, more singers. Yeah. So they, they, they don't capitalize on the success at all. So, And it's funny to hear this because what this sounds like, Dave— is what do you remember from uh, about a month or two ago? We talked about Tara Naomi and her experience, yes. where she was this YouTube star and a record label signed her, and she had a terrible experience with this label because they didn't really know how to promote her and they didn't understand the power of the YouTube platform. Yeah. They, they basically told her to stop promoting herself, right? And it's like, and 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 what Tara Naomi was saying was, you know. That was back then. I think if this happened today, they would do a better job promoting me. But it seems like labels are making the same mistakes. That they have this platform, The Voice, this national TV televised show, and they're not really using it to its fullest capability because after they get out of that show and they win the contest and they sign them to a deal, you don't hear from them for a few months. And then by the time the album comes out, we've all forgotten about them. 
if I was hosting one of these shows, if I was producing one of these shows, the grand prize would not be some record contract. What it would be is here's a check for a hundred thousand, whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a million dollars, you know, cause whatever it is, but you tell you, you know, you have a singing competition where somebody says, here's a hundred thousand dollars, go build your career. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Like actually you rent studio space. You hire whoever you want. You do what you yeah, want. Yeah, you, you, right. You build your own business. But we'll see. Now, if anything, if Adam Levine had some guts, he'd say it on NBC. Now, obviously, that's interesting because uh, this, well, Universal is a, is, a, is a music label, right? Yeah, they're, I think they're the label that— I mean, that would make sense that NBC Universal Television is— I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure Universal is at least the distributor, and then the label is one of the Universal-owned labels. Yeah, cause, I mean, if you feel this strongly about it, say it on the show. But— well, Again, it's like, okay, but we, we knew this. Yeah, we knew this going back with Simon Cowell and, and Fox yeah. with American Idol, like that these people were getting kind of trampled on as soon as like the cameras are off. I mean, it essentially boils down to, it, is it almost basically just like a television show? And then this other stuff is just like, oh yeah, that's right. There's some other business to take care of that we may or may not do. Well, that's, I think really that's what it boils down to is they, NBC and Universal, they really don't care what happens to these people after the show is over, because as far as they're concerned, allegedly, well, I mean, we can say allegedly, but the proof seems to be in how they're treating these artists, right? Where they've basically come to the conclusion that the most value that these artists are going to give them is being on this TV show and giving them ratings, right? After they're done, you know, they just don't, you know, they don't see, they they don't see enough value there to really invest in giving them a real music career. Right. Um, and, uh, it's interesting because we actually, there's actually another article that came out in the Norwich bulletin in which they profiled one of the winners from The Voice. His name is Craig Wayne Boyd. Um, I've never heard of him. I have. Okay, you, I, don't watch, right. I, don't, but, I don't watch the show, so I, I don't know, but literally those three words I've never heard. That's what I'm saying. But that kind of gives you an idea of what this network is doing with yeah. these artists. But anyway, he was the winner last December, and basically what he said was he was signed to, to like a label that mm-hmm. was, I guess, distributed by Universal, and he said it was a terrible experience, and he managed to hire a magnificent entertainment lawyer who was able to get him out of that deal which was basically not going anywhere. And now he's doing things, it would ostensibly seem, on his own. Like, he, he made his own record, and he's putting it out now. And, you know, he said, uh, when, it, when I got to the label, basically the first thing they said was, uh, you're who and you're what? Hmm. Like, they didn't really understand, like, what it, what it meant to win The Voice and be on this national TV show. And it, it sounded like the Tara Naomi article all over again. Right. Except it's years later, and they're still making the same mistakes. You know, when they sign up for The Voice, I know they they usually sign something. And this is, maybe, maybe I should know, this is actually almost interesting research. Do you automatically have the contract put in your name as soon as you win, or do you have to sign it after you win? I have no idea. Because isn't that interesting? It's almost like a contract is now foisted upon you. Well, that's, mean, that's part of it. I mean, that's interesting. It's like, or do, do you get the entire contract when you're signing up in an auditions? That seems like it'd be kind of prohibitively burdensome on for the show process. <laughs> but it's interesting, you know, like, w- well, wait a minute. It's like, if you win, shouldn't, don't you have a right to read it, have an attorney and actually kind of go over it? I would imagine so. That's interesting. I, but again, uh-huh. that's, 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 that's probably way behind the curtains that they do not like let anyone know about. Yeah. I mean, I, but in closing, I would love to see the, the music talent show that just had the courage to say the grand prize is not a record deal because those don't seem to work. For you, for they haven't like none of these shows have broken artists in like five, ten years. Like, can you name the last American Idol artist that you know? Like, who's the last American Idol artist you've heard of? Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> that was the season one winner. How about Carrie Underwood? Oh, that's right. She was on that show. Yeah, I completely forgot about but I'm her. Just, I'm just saying it's been a while. Okay, so it's, the, the, this it's, too, Clay Aiken, you know, he just was yeah, sort of Clay I mean, Aiken pop Phillip, culture. Philip Phillips is a little bit, you know, had had a bit of a run. But what I'm saying is like... Who's Philip Phillips? Yeah, so you haven't even heard of him, but he, he was on Y100. That's not his name. Sorry, it is. What do you want me to do? Philip Phillips? Yes. No. Are you going to let me get to my point or are you going to make fun of this guy's name for a little longer? Does he run a Philip screw it? Fudge. <laughs> you want to try that joke again? Does he run a Phillips head screwdriver business? There you go. All right. <laughs> um... The point is, the grand, it would be cool to see a singing show where the grand prize was just, here's a big fat check, go make your career. Well, also, let's just be honest. I mean, if Adam Levine, if you really felt so strongly, you get together with Blake Shelton and... Um, Gwen Stefani, Pharrell. Is Christina Aguilera still on the show? 
no. Gosh, did, am I like was mixing up who's Green? on which? No, CeeLo Green know. hasn't been on that show in a while. He's had some uh, issues. Okay. Well, maybe you guys should walk or maybe pitch a show to a, a network and then have that be like a prize. Yeah. Or maybe if they, maybe they even have their own like indie label or something. But yeah, then don't go. don't be a part of the problem then. Well, I'll say this. I do appreciate that Adam Levine even spoke out on this. Like, I'm sure he's taking somewhat of a career risk. He's signed to a label and he's basically saying the labels are failing these artists. Like, that takes some courage. I, That's true. Kudos. It, it, it was on Stern. So, I mean, it was a pretty big audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we, uh, that's, a uh, interesting, uh, perspective from a label artist. I never thought I'd hear something like that from somebody from Adam Levine. We'll be right back on the break. The business podcast. We have the droids coming up next. Thanks for listening. Stick around. Are you an independent artist looking to promote a recent release or crowdfunding campaign? If so, the break, the business podcast would love to help you out by giving you a shout out on the air. Email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com and tell us about yourself and your project. It won't cost you anything. We're just looking for a way to give back to the artistic community that's given us so much. Again, that's breakthebusiness at gmail.com for a free shout-out. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. They are a husband and wife, Charlotte, North Carolina-based synth rock duo who put out a marvelous stream of music and Vine content for their fans. You can find their work at their Bandcamp page, and you can find them on Twitter at Sarah and Droid and at Joshua Droid. Ladies and gentlemen, the Droids, Sarah and Josh, are on the Break the Business Podcast. Hi, guys. How's it going? Great. Yeah, good. Hi. Oh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello to you both. This Thanks is, for having us. Oh, it's entirely my pleasure. This is a new experience for me. I have never interviewed two folks on Skype at the same time. I've never interviewed a duo before. Um, and so I, this will be interesting to see how this all flows together. We outnumber you. I know. Watch yourself. This <laughs> Start finishing each other's sentences. Um, so we, freak them out. We've we been take doing over the okay, podcast. Sorry, and go ahead. No, 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 no go ahead. You guys, no, go ahead. <laughs> we, we'll sit here and joke so back right. and forth the whole time. <laughs> I've mostly, right. How long have you been in this business? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we've been doing this podcast for about two and a half months now, and we've only interviewed soloists on this show. And I think it's just because indie artists tend to skew solo because, you know, at first, when you're early in your career, the pie is not as big. So you don't want to divide it amongst five band members, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've been there. <laughs> but if there's a pie. <laughs> if, you know, Hopefully if, there is a pie. In the event that the pie <laughs> actually pie. shows up. But, um, this, but so you guys are the first duo and also the first married couple I've had on this show. And I imagine there are some advantages to having two of you. So, um, give a, give the fans out there a little bit of insight as to when you make your music, how do you divide the labor? How, how, how does having two of you and having four hands, uh, help you move (laughs) your career forward? Well, we get the whole pie still. (laughs) (laughs) that helps a lot (laughs) that's true Uh, how do we how do we do this uh business wise we josh actually is a a huge part of this he undertakes the writing and the composition of the music and he undertakes a lot of the legwork for promoting us marketing us all of that i actually have it pretty Easy. Yeah, well, uh, well, my side of that is that she writes, I I pretty much hand her a a track and she'll put her melody on it and write the lyrics and everything. So that's also the most important part. The only thing that anyone's ever going to remember about it. So (laughs) there's two ways of looking at that. I guess so. Not not discounting either people's contributions. It's it's all part of a rich tapestry. But from, from a, just from a, practical standpoint i mean just that we share the same income and live in the same house and mm-hmm. you know anytime we get any kind of idea or uh, avenue to to follow we're available right on uh tell people a little bit about your sound or what are people in for when they uh check out the droids music well what uh, what, uh, what i what i was trying to do with this stuff is i always heard um synthesizers taking a back seat in a lot of music and especially rock I mean, they would they would be in there, but they were they were never used in a real organic way up front. So eh, that, that my goal is to try to basically have a rock band without a guitarist and 
put these really nice organic, gritty sounding synths yeah. all over the place. Yeah, we like we love music, we, especially a lot of good rock music. Something that's got a good feel to it or a good beat to it, Big and drums. it really moves you, or really epic feeling and. Um, <laughs> And you just don't you don't hear much more than these big guitars going and maybe some cool synthesizers in an intro or like it taking a back seat. Or even in electronic music, it's it usually tends to just yeah. And we're always like, come on, no one's blending these yeah. the way we want. <laughs> so we decided to make the music that we wanted to hear. You know. Yeah, it's a nice mix of the electronic and the rock elements. I feel like we you, try. <laughs> you really get something for everybody there. Cool. Um, That's what we're going for. And, you know, you also have a lot more, at least, you know, conventional sounding drums than most electronic music exactly. I've listened to. Yeah. That's actually one of our passions. Right. We love a good drum beat. Right. And a good organic sounding drum yeah, beat. Yeah. Good, a good rock kit, you know, I mean, with are, those are, sounds. Are those electronic drums or do you record, or do you record those live? Uh, they're, they're samples that are meticulously put together. Oh, yeah. They are live drums, but right, they're sampled yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. They sound like, they sound like you've got a drummer there. It's really good. Cool. Thank God. Thank you. <laughs> that is exactly what we're going for. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. I think it's great to have a married couple here on the show because I think a lot of the indie artists who listen to this podcast, a lot of them are probably um, they have a boyfriend, girlfriend duo or mm-hmm. you know, spouses or something like that. And, you know, you see a lot of these in indie artists and there's probably even a lot of people who are thinking about, oh, I want to get into a music career and I want to do it with my significant other Mm-hmm. Uh, can you uh, give some folks some general advice about how to navigate that? Oh, is there anything you guys do to, you know, keep the professional life from hurting the personal life? And you don't have to get anything, you know, too personal. But I think any insight <laughs> you guys can give would definitely help those artists out. It's it is tough. I mean, it's it's always tough to be in a a project that's really important to you, and you have to work with other people. Because let's face it, when you're working with other people, you have different opinions, you have different ideas. And um, when you're not in the relationship with the person, you can go home to your relationship and be like, look, I don't know what to do. They're really ticking me off. <laughs> they're, not, they're not understanding the take. So, you know, when you're, when you're doing it with your significant other, it's a lot more, um, you have to be more patient with each other. You have to make sure you respect one another and take each other seriously but um, if I was going to give some advice, I'd say try not to take yourselves too seriously. Try to have a lot of fun. <laughs> That's not one thing that Josh and I do pretty good. Well, sure. I mean, the two are kind of naturally separated. I mean, yeah. and, I mean, like when she's singing in the mic, we're not constantly talking about <laughs> what we're going to have for dinner or our right. daughter's grades at school or things like that. Yeah, we're right. not, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> no, we're recording a song right now. And then it's, I mean, God, we've been doing this now. We've been married so over 10 years and we've been doing this together, music, for 15 years. Yep. So it's uh, when you asked that, I was thinking about that. And I honestly really can't think of a time when that wasn't, when Sarah wasn't there to sing something. That, <laughs> awesome. We started off this way, so it helped. Yeah. <laughs> so the music, another way. <laughs> uh, so the music came Wait. first and then the marriage came. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. definitely. Yeah, we partnered up and made good music for a while and just had to keep doing it. So I, I I can't help but notice that uh, there you you guys are an even number in your band. So how do you how do you break ties when you have to make creative decisions, or do you just try to reach consensus on everything? The yeah, music is consensus. mine, and yeah. the lyrics are Sarah's, <laughs> and he doesn't have to like it. No, <laughs> no, no but there's 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 yeah, definitely. I mean, if if I do definitely, um, we both give like I said a little bit more. I think mm-hmm. like. The lyrics, not completely. If there's something that she's doing that I hate, well, then we'll find something we both like. Yeah. Uh, and vice versa. I mean, I've brought plenty of tracks to her. She's like, oh, I'm not I feeling those. I don't like it. I'm like, all right. So and I'll make another one, then we're both happy. And he's <laughs> like, all right, we need to change this word. I just cannot get behind this. this you know, and, and I'll we'll work together on it sometimes when that happens. But for the most part, we both have a veto. And so right. we, we both have to say, I like this. And the cool thing I've found is that, she, you know, I, when I come back to it, I usually make a better song. Yeah. And I have better lyrics. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm already noticing the chemistry with you guys. I think the listeners are catching it too, where it's almost like <laughs> listeners, one of you <laughs> buy our album. <laughs> Where one of you will start a sentence and then the other one just picks it up in the middle of the sentence and goes right to the end. Are we really doing that? We got to go word for word. It's amazing. (laughs) I've never seen. (laughs) 
I mean, it, like, I feel like I'm only interviewing one person, but that person decides to just like fluctuate from a high pitch voice to a low pitch voice periodically. Oh my God. That's you called us out. That's actually what's happening. <laughs> Is my voice that high pitched? <laughs> I don't like what you're saying to me, Ryan. That's very rude. You suddenly got a little southern. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You sound like you sound like one of those southern bells a little bit. Yeah, a little southern. Uh, I do declare. I do declare. I do declare. <laughs> but you guys are in North Carolina. You probably encounter many of those folks. That yeah. makes sense. The most um, polite people you're ever going to meet. So oh yeah. You guys also have. I'm not going to be able to keep a straight face for the rest of this. You guys also have another distinction amongst all the people. All the fantastic artists i've interviewed on this that's right well other than that of course (laughs) um, which are in fact such good looks that i can see how good looking you are even though i can't actually see you right now because this is a podcast you should see the (laughs) facial contortions he's making switching his voice like this (laughs) (laughs) um the other distinction you guys hold is that you're the only guest i've ever interviewed i've ever interviewed uh, to my knowledge that has that has a child to my knowledge. Oh man, we're well, warriors. This is rock and roll. We're warriors you, on every front. Yeah, you guys are super rock stars, but I also <laughs> can't imagine you're the only one of my musician listeners who have a child. And as right. many challenges as are as are presented by trying to, you know, basically make music with your spouse, I imagine it's a whole other set of challenges to make music and be rock stars. While, while having a child in your life and having to raise that child, can you uh, give some uh, advice, some tips on how you navigate that? Not yet, but once we're rock stars, <laughs> right? And- yeah, international rock sensations, the droids here on the yeah. Break the Business podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> do, do, just to make her a part of it too. I mean, she she gets into it. Yeah. I mean, she and explain to her what we're doing. I mean, they're not dumb and they like it. Yeah. She she loves it. She thinks it's great. Oh, you're talking, you're talking about your child. Yeah. I'm talking about oh. our, our daughter, Riley. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have to record vocals and she's home. I mean, she goes to school. She's in first grade now. But um, I think if we knew, do need to pick something up, then just, hey, honey, we've got to do this. And she'll sit there and get get on a game or something, you know, and we'll finish it and she just doesn't bother us. <laughs> yeah. She's I mean, cool about it. <laughs> she understands it's something that we're working at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. And uh, she's excited about it too. She'll come in here when Josh is writing something and she's like, daddy, I got a part and she'll hum something. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, That's what you need to do there. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Oh. Have you ever taken any of her pitches yet, or she's still rusty? He writes some good hooks. Oh, there you yeah. go. She's her mom. She's, yeah, she's getting better at it than I am. Well, yeah, be careful because eventually she's going to start realizing her talent, and she's going to start showing up with split sheets. Right? Oh my gosh! Be like, she's going like, I'm going to want five points on the back end. You keep taking my hooks. <laughs> and we, need, now. we need to we need to start like incorporating her into some of this because she'd make us better music sometimes. <laughs> So what about when Riley was younger, you know, a little baby and yeah. you couldn't send her to school and work during the day? How was, how, how'd you navigate that? Well, we actually, we were actually uh, touring in our old band at that point, um, yeah. around the, yeah, around the area. Yeah, we didn't go very far, but how you navigate that is a lot of very sweet <laughs> very people good friends who are and, around you to yeah. help because unless you can hire somebody to come with you. And, and that take happened. care of that kid. That happened. Just oh. any money would have made it the gig. It's right. <laughs> right. You have to have good people helping out. And uh, that makes it possible. You got to have mean, that kids, support system. Yeah. Yeah. Kids oh, yeah. are a lot of work to begin with, you know, and, and you want to keep them healthy and, and alive. And it <laughs> takes a <laughs> lot of work. <laughs> yeah. But there, I mean, there was times when we would go to uh, rehearse and she you know, would be in the living room with the uh, drummer's mom, you know, yeah. while we're in there slamming away. <laughs> That's cool. And just uh, Taking yeah, a it's... nap in the swing, you know? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're not that bad. People get kind of worked up over it, but they, they're, they're easy to bring along. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just they get into as long as they're fed and healthy. Yeah, they're pretty happy. Cool. I think, I think she really thrives on seeing her parents passionate about something. She really gets into it because we're so into it. And that helps, you know, because she's excited about what we do, too. So she. Yeah, we're not hating life all the time. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not mad at our jobs all the time and, and coming home and all tired and, you know, frustrated and you can't, can't play because you're mad, you know, that kind of thing. She, 
she sees us really living our lives. Oh, that's cool. I never really thought of it that way where you're sort of, you kind of, yeah, you save time because you're not like emotionally destroyed. Right. (laughs) But sort of your, you know, you know, her seeing you passionate about what you're doing, it's sort of like a parenting by example, you know? Yeah, Yeah. totally. It's sort of showing her follow your dreams just like we are. Oh yeah. And all the hard work involved in it. Like, Hey, this is not going to happen easy. It might not even happen for us. So look at how hard this is, you know? Yeah. It's not magical and easy. Like the, the movie might portray it. You know, it's going to be a lot of hard work. (laughs) If you want to be good at playing a instrument, it's going to take hours of practice. I mean, she sees that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and I think that's really good for her. So, uh, to, to twist it away from, to a different topic and, uh, you, you strike me as folks that could talk about, uh, little Riley forever, but I want to talk about something equally as precious, your vines. Oh yeah. Those are (laughs) Uh, so good. You guys make great vines, you know, these little six second, uh, looping video (laughs) clips. Um, it's, it's sort of a nice way to sort of show your talent, but also show, you know, the sort of things that you're into and the things you enjoy, uh, uh, talk a little bit about your vines and uh, how you've used them to kind of help you move your entertainment operation forward. Uh, well, I mean, it's God, fun. It's, yeah, it's just there's there's a few there's a few. Um, I mean, like I've always wanted to do video game covers, so there's a lot of my vines are just quick little snippets of that. Well, he's practicing, and you know that always is interesting yeah. to people who you know nerd out on stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, the the ones with the lights that we've been doing recently is actually, a, you know, we're trying to do some larger videos and those are just some of the test runs while I'm trying stuff out and like, oh, that looks really good. So I'll hook everything up and record it and put it on Vine. And so- it's a fun interaction to, <laughs> to be able to give, you know, people a visual to see not just an audio because we make music, you know, it's just an MP3 that they're listening to. So it gives them another way to to see and talk to us and interact and our Twitter, obviously it was where we chit chat. Yeah. So we got, we got all sorts of good stuff. Vines, vines are awesome. Cause there's, they're quick and easy and easy. small. <laughs> well, easy. It still takes hours sometimes. Yeah. Those but... lights, those, the, the light ones are particularly. Yeah. Th- those are very, very cool. Can you uh, tell people how they can find you on vine? Cause uh, those light, those light vines you make are really cool. I enjoy. Oh, they, uh, the, awesome. That's a good question. Actually. <laughs> The best way would be just get me on Twitter at, at Joshua Droid. And nice then, plug. A true yeah, professional. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Make that money. And then, uh, yeah, you'll see, you'll see my Vine. Just scroll down a little bit and see. And, uh, and buy all of our So uh, we, we have hinted a lot at the kind of music you guys play, and I want to take this time now and let people actually get to enjoy one of your songs. We're going to play Satellite, um, okay. which is a Terrific song. We've been enjoying it a lot here at the podcast. People can find it on your Bandcamp page. And uh, we're going to play this right now on the Break the Business podcast.
Outstanding, nice. Thank you. Uh, you can find more songs just like that on their Bandcamp page, thedroids.bandcamp.com. Excellent song, marvelous. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> um, that was that was our first studio performance. We did all that just now, right here. Live. Yeah. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, totally not that good. <laughs> just out of curiosity, and uh, how many times have you been hit with some? variation on you are the droids i've been looking for by a fan we should we should take a tally and like keep <laughs> uh, that's a, tally a good that's that. your, a lot we do yeah, that I'm, one a lot and and yeah. especially with um a star wars movie, movie being, being made now it's like it was like a um, match kinda, made in heaven it's kind of lucky know? for us yeah because <laughs> it wasn't being made when we started this you know <laughs> and all of a sudden we're trending yeah it's <laughs> like you do accident. a google search and there's a bunch of star wars and then there we are yeah <laughs> Oh, okay. that's true. I didn't even think of that. People are just right. going to be Googling the droids. And right. Then, right. Yeah, and then there's this. Oh, what is this? Oh, good that, for that you guys. <laughs> I know. So um, I, I'm We're guessing out. I'm guessing you guys are Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. We we are also Star Wars fans. Also, this didn't come from Star Wars. Yeah, that was that was an accident. Yeah, but yes, we we do like Star Wars. Oh, I mean, the, it, the original trilogy. Uh, it sounds like five. you're the, the original. Oh, good good answer. Um, Four, five, and six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it. it I, I don't even know of a one, two, and three. Uh, they, yeah, yeah. They've just been purged from my memory. Um, yeah, we hiccuped well, over. It, it sounds like your 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 interest in like nerd culture is pretty diverse. So uh, let me put it to you this way: if I say Set you guys loose at San Diego Comic Con. What would be the first booth you guys head to? Like, what what are you all into? I would go to the Star Trek booth, dressed up as Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're dressed yeah. up as Mega. The video Man. games and Star Trek. Yeah, my thing. Oh man, I I can't even pick. I mean, we've I don't know. We've no. we've consumed it all. I mean, Harry Potter, Doctor Who, Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, D and D. I don't know if that probably would yeah, be represented. No, it, it is. Yeah. Oh, no, it, it's, it's all yeah. in there for sure. Paper um, version? Yeah, Marvel, DC, all of it. Yeah, I guess that's it. true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm <laughs> very thankful for you guys to be on, and um, I really hope to have you on again real soon. Yeah, that That'd would be, be awesome. That's great, fun. Ryan. <laughs> all right, terrific. Uh, we'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the podcast. Our thanks to the droids for stopping by. It was great to have a husband-wife team talk about their music on the show 
Um, you can uh, check their music out on their Bandcamp page. They are awesome. Uh, Satellite's a great song, but pretty much their whole catalog is just terrific. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave, we are in the D block now. We're going to talk a little pop culture. Uh, before we get to your as yet untitled game show, because you told me we have another one of those this week where you're going to make me lose again. Well, no, no, no. I've, I've taken some feedback. And I've realized that maybe it has been a little too hard. Oh, so you're, you're so, softening it up this week. Everything here is from 1990 or later. Oh, good. Good. I'm looking forward to that. Before we get to it, though, uh, let's uh, got another thing that I wanted to talk with you about. Okay. Because I know you're a pop culture guy. I know you're a sci-fi guy. So I wanted to get your thoughts on the recent announcement from CBS that we're going to have a new Star Trek series coming January 2017. Finally, we get some new Star Trek. Finally. And hopefully good new Star Trek, because I think the last new show was what, Enterprise? Ugh, yeah, with Scott so Bakula. Yeah, that leap was not a good leap for him. Um, <laughs> oh, nice quantum leap joke. Yeah, let's see. Uh, it's good stuff. Say if people would get that one. Um, <laughs> now, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm excited. I mean, we, we've discussed this before in the show. Next Generation is our, that's our joint. Yeah, that's my, Star Trek, forget being my favorite Star Trek show. Next Generation is probably one of my favorite TV shows, period. That show has been off the air for 21 years. I still watch episodes of it. Yeah. You know what? But you know what I realized? Actually, hmm. I never really watched Voyager or Deep Space Nine, so I don't know how good they are. There are some people, friends of mine, who swear by those shows. I've seen them. I've just never gotten into them the same way. There's something special about Next Generation. But, I mean, Kate Mulgrew, I guess, you know, she's pretty good. And also, it's Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks, yeah. So, I mean, they're good actors and everything. So, I was wondering, like, oh, maybe that would have been something good to watch. Oh, they need to check it out if they are on Netflix or something. It's all on Netflix. Yeah. So, but do you have... Okay, so regarding this new Star Trek, Mm -hmm. do you have an idea of who you want to be captain? Because I know I do. Oh, you've already casted your captain? Oh, yeah. Okay, if, if you're saying I can pick for, I mean, here's what, here's the thing. If I could pick anybody to captain the new Enterprise, it's going to be Patrick Stewart. I want him to come back. In fact, my dream is to get all of the people from the Starship Enterprise on Next Generation to just come back and reprise their roles. I don't care if they're old. I was just going to say, so you want... I, Modern day Jonathan Frakes. You want modern day Marina Sirtis, yes, Gates want, McFadden, Will like, Wheaton, right, Michael Dorn, all of them. Yeah, I want them all back. And don't tell me that they're too busy. They got nothing going on. Like, oh. I mean, like, who's the only one working right now? Patrick Stewart. He's got that show on Stars. Yeah. But like, I'm saying, like, I get it. Like, oh no, they need to move on. Yeah, no, 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 no. I want my childhood back. I want new episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Like. They can they can come up with some plot point to explain why they all look twenty years older. Like the first line of the episode could be Captain's Log. Uh, you know, twenty years later. That oh no, not even that. <laughs> Just be like oh, we encountered some temporal anomaly that caused us all to get old and fat and gray haired, and then just go back with the show as if nothing happened. No, I'm no, fine with that. No no no. Q. I uh, made them all. Yes, that way. Q did that. That's yes, fine. That's I'm, just that's why we can just if anything is ever weird, it can be like oh Q. I might have tweeted at Patrick Stewart and asked him to reprise his role as Captain Picard. Did he tweet you back? No, of course not. Oh, damn. He, I'm guessing like he, you know, he looks, he probably looks back on his time on Star Trek with like some level of respect, but doesn't want to go back to it. Like he, he he's a true actor. Like he wants to challenge himself with new roles. Uh, he's not like Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn, by the way, the guy who played Lieutenant Worf, like yeah. every chance he get, he's like, no, no, I'll be Worf again. Let's, I'll, I'll put the Klingon mask back on. I need some work. But, you know, Captain uh, John, Patrick Stewart's completely different. Sheesh, taking out Michael Dorn. No, are you kidding? Michael Dorn's my favorite. He seems to be the only one on board. Like if I came up with the idea where I said, I want all the Star Trek Next Generation characters back to just make new episodes 20 years later, he'd be the only one I think would be fully on board with it. Like, oh, I think Will Wheaton would be on board with it. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you on that. That. That's interesting. Oh, that's but you, you know who I want as a captain. Oh yeah, sorry. That, that was what this all came about. Yes, who's your captain? Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, you have no idea if he can actually act, but I mean, I guess yeah, I could. Yeah, like, he can deliver the dialogue. Yeah, no, like, his, like he was on Cosmos, and I kind of got like that vibe from him. Oh, he was Cosmos. So like, what would be his name on the show? Captain Neil deGrasse Tyson. So is he playing himself in the future or? You know what? Q has brought him (laughs) from the 21st century aboard the, you know, 1701, whatever letter it is now. Maybe F, because I think E was the last one. Well, remember, it's also the movies. Yeah, that was was E. 
Yeah. And then, so this would be F? Well, that's the thing. I don't remember what the last Next Generation cast movie was, actually. Nemesis. Was it Nemesis? Star Trek Nemesis, 2002. Been that long? It's been a while, man. Sorry, we're old. Um, actually, you know what's interesting? Instead of maybe getting Michael Dorn to be Worf, maybe we can get uh, Corbin Burnson. Okay, I know the joke you're making, but this is just <laughs> ridiculous. Because Corbin Burnson played um, Roger Dorn in Major League. I hope you feel Come proud. On, Dorn. Are, are you are you good? Are you proud of yourself? I am very Do you proud feel of good myself. about that. I am very proud so, of myself. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, the new series. So, what kind of direction are you hoping for? Because I'm hoping that this show is going to be more like Next Generation and not like the new Star Trek movies, the ones with Zachary Quinto and Chris Pine. And by the way, I, I'm not hating on those. They were perfectly good movies. They're very shiny and actiony, though. Is right. What you're saying versus the sort of down to earth, well, <laughs> uh, science and sort of storytelling yeah of the, the, the ethical discussions the allegories to modern life like the you know long boring dialogues about diplomacy i like that stuff and i get like it's not gonna you know appeal to general audiences the same way because general audiences want to see you know jj abrams star trek but i'm hoping that they go back to the roots just to make like it, it it's entirely selfish because I, I imagine the majority of people probably want J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. And that might be what they're getting because I think the two executive producers on this project are both J.J. Abrams' Star Trek executive producers. So oh, we might okay. be getting modern Star Trek, which bums me out a little bit. I, I was going to say when Star Wars went to discussions of parliamentary procedures and tariffs and whatnot, it took a precipitous decline in quality. Sure. So I'm not sure if they're ever going to go back to that. Um I know, but I'm excited, although, quite frankly, I have to figure out how to watch it since it won't be on TV. Yeah, that's interesting. So the way they're distributing it, only the first episode is going to be on network television, CBS. After that, all of the episodes will be on their streaming platform, CBS All Access. So basically, they're using Star Trek as a way to kind of drive people to CBS, a streaming site, which means if you want to watch Star Trek, you're going to basically have to pay $5.99 a month, which, by the way... I would totally do. Like, if you told me the only way I can access Star Trek is to pay $6 a month for it, I'm in. I'm that much of a Trekkie. And, and I'm in that with you for you, too, because then I will ask you for your username and password <laughs> because I, I am not going to do that because that's like, no, you're making a TV show, put it on your TV network. I think what they're almost, it seems like they're setting it up to fail. One, CBS is kind of already identified with the older demographic anyway, but eh, come on, release it on TV. Don't be cute about it. Either you're going to do it or not going to do it. But, you know, mm, sorry. It's a television show. Seriously? Star Trek, the new Star Trek series could be broadcast solely on one TV in an igloo in Point Barrow, Alaska. And you can only like watch the show from 3 a.m. to 3.30 a.m. And I'm going to find a way to watch that show. Well, who doesn't want to go to Alaska anyway? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm that stoked for it. Well, I feel better paying for that than having to fill the corporate uh, pockets of CBS in this sort of weird grab thing, which, again, it's, it's, I'm like already like, oh, shoot, I feel like they're dooming themselves for some lower ratings because how many people are going to do it? I don't know. Well, I guess for them, the, there's more value in just driving people to their streaming platform, even if it doesn't get as much ratings. Yeah. But again, I'm, I'm excited. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully. I said hopefully it's a good show. Yeah. You know, I think... Uh, it, Obviously, these are generational things. We'll see how this generation goes. Obviously, this generation is used to darker stuff. We'll see what this show is like. It's going to be some gritty Star Trek is what you're saying? Maybe, yeah. It's going to be some sort of like CSI, because it is a CBS show, CSI, NCIS, Star Trek crossover. Oh, God. I don't know. Uh, if, if you have your own thoughts on what you would hope the Star Trek series would be, uh, send them to breakthebusiness at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, because I know there's got to be some other Trekkies out there. Um, who listen to this podcast. All right, let's let's uh, let's do your game show that we know still doesn't have a title. Now it's time for Dave's as-yet-untitled game show here on the Break the Business podcast. Here's Dave. Wow, it's been a while since I've heard that. Feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, so uh, well, this is a before-and-after style game. You're going to give me before-and-after concepts. If I get them right, I get to hear that. But more likely, I'll get them wrong, and I'll hear... Wrong! All right, so let's do this. I think you'll actually be good this time around. Yeah? Yeah. So let's... Uh, You're going to ease me back into it uh, since you've been out for two weeks? Yeah. Much appreciated. All right, let's yeah, do yeah. this well, thing. So I will say this. While you're hiking on the upper Yosemite Falls Trail, going like for 
seven hours long, like a climbing basically 2,500 feet in elevation, I wasn't thinking about torturing you. So <laughs> that's good. I, I guess you can take that as a compliment or not. Maybe be like, well, well wait, why not? We're, we're friends, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie, artichokey. Let's see what we got going on here. All right. Like I said, these are all from post 1990. Well, that's so good. I can't, you can't give me any crap. So Fred McMurray is nowhere to be found. That's good. He's not, although that would be a challenge. No, okay, never mind. Joke. All right. All righty. I am great at helping Tim Allen in space. <laughs> Can you do that again? I think I got it, but like... Right, right, yeah. I am great at helping Tim Allen in space. <laughs> okay. Um... The I am great, I guess, is I am Groot. So that would be Guardians of the Galaxy. And the Tim Allen, the only Tim Allen space movie is going to be Galaxy Quest. So the answer is Guardians of the Galaxy Quest. Yes. Good start for me. Are these going in like order of harder, easier to harder? Or are they just in any order? Because uh, if they're all that, that easy, I'm feeling was, good. That was probably an easy, the easier one. Yeah. Oh, no. um, crap. No, that's right. I was actually thinking, it's like, yeah, it's only Tim Allen space movie. Although, technically, he was Buzz Lightyear, which is Space E. That's true. Yeah. Galaxy Quest? Underrated movie. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I, that, got it, I got it in the bargain bin at Best Buy one day on Blu-ray, and then I realized that was like three years ago, and I still haven't watched it. Have you, have you never seen the movie? Or? No, I know it. Okay, no, I've yeah, seen yeah, the movie yeah. plenty of times on TV. So you might like this. I've, I've, I've read some articles on the internet that are saying that they are actually developing a Galaxy Quest TV series. Basically, the, the TV series that they were on? Oh, see, I don't know. I'm guessing, no, I'm guessing... The, well, that, 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 that's way meta. That's, no, I, like, no, they're not, they're not doing the, the TV show from the movie. I think what they're doing is it's basically a, film, a, a TV version of actors who were on a space TV series... And then, you know, the, the aliens come by and think it's a real show, and then they become, like, a crew on a real ship. Wait, is it Galaxy Quest-like, or is it Galaxy Quest? No, I, it, no, yeah. no, no it's, it's Galaxy Quest. Like, it's the same name, and that's what I'm hearing. But it's not Sigourney Weaver, Tim Allen. I'm guessing Sam they're Rockwell, not available. Tony Shalhoub, Alan Rickman. They're probably doing bigger and better things. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, maybe Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Ow. Man, you're, you're just taking people out. I know, I just, took a, right. I just took you're, a Sam you're, Rockwell You're the new shot. Keith Richards. Right, you just say right. I don't, I don't like Sam Rockwell. I know you do better than oh, I do. How dare you, Ryan? No, sorry. <laughs> um, Welcome to the Dueling Keith Richards podcast. <laughs> how you doing, Keith? I'm doing well, Keith. Oh, really? Because I hate today. Oh, I hate you. Oh, I hate you more, you bastard. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> All right, one for one. Feeling it's good. So Feeling good. good. So good to be back. Yeah, good to have you, buddy. All right. I don't understand why Tom Hanks needs to find this guy and bring him home. All he's going to do is anger the world with this stupid ripoff job. Woo. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, I forgot. Actually, I forgot a word in there, but it's okay. Oh, you want to? Well, well, I'm going to need to hear it at least five more right. times before I even have I don't a chance of getting this. I don't understand why Tom Hanks needs to find this guy and bring him home. All he's going to do is anger the world with this stupid, uncreative ripoff job. <laughs> I think I got it. Um, because, like, you're actually making a show reference here. So bringing Tom Hanks bringing this guy home, that's saving Private Ryan. And the ripoff job that you're talking about is just, in your view, Ryan Adams ripped off Taylor Swift. So the answer is saving Private Ryan Adams. Yes. All right. Two for two. By the way, no, it's, it's a fact. That's why it's in the clue. Oh, because so, it's in the clue, so it must be true. Yes. Stupid, uncreated ripoff job. <laughs> I want to get him on the show. Because I want to see if you actually have the guts to confront him. Yeah, would I? That'd be interesting. Probably would. Because <laughs> what, what do I care? That's true. All right. Last one, and I'm proud of you, but like I said... I, I no, like these it. were easy, but, you know... Yeah. I think just the right amount of challenge. All right. Besides basically being idiot friends of a far more important character... These two bumble their way into major scientific discoveries, all the while trying to get Sean Penn off death row. Whoa! This is a two-parter? Yep. Wow, there's a lot going on there. Let me hear it again. Besides being basically idiot friends of a far more important character, these two bumble their way into major scientific discoveries, all the while trying to get Sean Penn off death row. 
what movie was Sean Penn on Death Row? I always love if you just go right to the second one. Well, because like the first one, I'm just like... I mean, all right, let's start with the first half, because for some reason I can't think of... Okay, so two bumbling sidekicks, henchmen of a main character. What was the term you used? Idiot friends. Two idiot friends. I mean, I wonder if you could... Could you be be going back way back to, like, you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern or something? (laughs) (laughs) Two idiot... Like, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um, Two idiot friends. Two... Oh, what... And all right, so nothing there. Um, what movie was Sean Penn on Death Row? Was that was that seven? Was that uh, um, Sean Penn Death Row? Oh God, I'm sorry, I, I just can't put it together. What is it? Are you giving up? I am giving up. Hit the button. Wrong. You are incredible. Well, thank I you. Where to God? No, this is not a compliment. It sounded like a compliment. No, this People is d- me burying you in dirt. <laughs> okay. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead man walking. Oh, I forgot that was him in that. You yeah. said wrong. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah, I forget. I, I I thought you were referring to the character, not the full name of the play. Well, it's of course the full name of the play because that's the only thing that's a movie. That was and that was a movie. It was also not, you know, not just a play with Tim Roth and um, Gary Oldman. And if you remember, part obviously it's not in the play. Part of the, the thing is they accidentally f- have these major discoveries of physics and science hundreds of years before them. And they just like walk right all over it. Okay. You ever, have you ever seen this? I've never seen the play, no. Have you seen the movie? No. Dude. And I don't think I've ever seen Dead Man Walking either. You have not seen Rosencrantz and Kildenstern are dead. Wrong! I mean, I feel sorry for you. I mean, I think we all have. Right, guys? Guys? <laughs> sorry. Is this thing on? There are people here, but it's just the studio audience, and all they know how to do is clap. Like, that's the only thing they're trained to do. So they can't agree with you. All right. Our thanks to the droids. Uh, thanks to you, Dave, for Thank coming you. by. Thank you for having me back, actually. I was worried that maybe you'd be like, well, you know what? Let's just do it without him. No, we love you, buddy. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the Break the Business podcast. We will see you next week. Mm-hmm.